0: Welcome all, Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. Hope your day is off to a great start as usual. Uh, so for today, during our podcast, we have a guest, uh, a friend and a client that we've been working with for a while, uh, Mark Welp. Mark, how are you today?
1: Steve, how you doing? Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me, I definitely appreciate it.
0: Likewise. Thank like, you. Yeah, no, likewise. Thanks so much for your time as well. Really appreciate it. I know you guys got a ton going on, uh, but I think we'll have some fun today. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Always here to help. Definitely appreciate it. (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Um, So, Mark, a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about today, uh, just about cash value life insurance, the banking concept, really your journey and experience with the policies. Uh, But to start, I think a a little bit on your background and then how we connected uh, would be valuable for a lot of listeners. Um, Because when it comes to cash value life insurance, especially with the way that we'll design policies or if someone's interested in it for cash accumulation, some of it's technical stuff and re- requires, you know, call it math or just sitting down and saying, okay, how do I maximize the cash value? And when it comes to numbers, I mean, that's that's kind of your thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so your, your background, your profession, you're a CPA, you're, you're a partner at a firm, correct?
1: Mm-hmm yeah yeah so just a little background I appreciate the introduction, Steve. just uh, I'm, I'm a CPA by trade and, and just in terms of just where I'm at in life might give a little bit of help in terms of I'm, I'm relatively I'm, I'm 40 so I hit the big 40 this year and this great 2020 year, but it, it kind of gives you some guidelines of where I'm at and, and how I discovered first cash value and then discovered you and your firm. Um, you know I've been a CPA for oh you know about 20 years, uh, all in public practice all, you know, working at a public accounting firm, doing an audit and tax work for clients. And, uh, you know, during that time on the side, I always was your typical 401k IRA, IRA person, just putting money in the stock market, mutual funds, which is fine. No problem with that at all. That was me throughout my twenties and early thirties. And then, uh, I mean, I discovered cash by life insurance through going to invest in real estate first. Right. So, uh, you know, back in your 20s when I'm, when I'm young, you're always looking at the, some of the financial entertainers about how whole life is bad, quote unquote. And, uh, you know, when I discovered real estate, I discovered, you know, whole life and real estate are very similar, right? So you start diving into the world of real estate first in terms of, you know, going to buy some investment property, income producing property. Um, you go in the real estate podcast first, listen to podcasts and learn about real estate. Now, in some podcasts you hear about this whole thing called called IBC, yeah. Infinite Banking. So it's really through not being a CPA, but really through the role of real estate and buying some income property that I discovered whole life insurance basically is how it was, and kind of learned about that and tried to put that, you know, the whole the whole Dave Ramsey stuff. i put that to the side and really
0: investigate what is this and how does it work basically. Gotcha, gotcha. So it was really so CPA by background but real estate I mean that's that's the fun part. I mean right yeah how can you not like real estate I'll always say with what you can do with it and such I mean you can there's a lot of good whether you're flipping properties or you're just accumulating a portfolio for passive income. I mean right value there. Right. So that's what had exposed you to cash value life insurance And, and have you been let me ask this. Actually, had you been pitched on whole life insurance prior to that, just in, in the terms of a traditional, old school whole life insurance policy, kind of what a, a Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman might, how they picture it or how they explain it—just basic, pay a premium, huge death benefit, horrible cash value in the beginning, takes forever to build up.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was never pitched that. I was just pitched on your your normal buy term insurance gotcha. and invest the difference right that's, that's, that's all i knew back in my 20s and 30s was just go buy a term invest the difference and then you know pretty much the the theme was what i was learned is don't buy a whole life at all right yeah um never buy that just just buy a term and put the rest in the stock market let it ride gotcha. right I, I never knew that much about whole life in general and then really never knew about high cash value whole life what you guys do right. if you if you if you structure it properly you really start building the assets on your balance sheet, you know. So,
0: right, right. A lot you can do with it. So, yeah. So, when you were exposed then to cash value life insurance, so real estate first, looking at how to build that portfolio, and then the cash value life insurance side. So, when you were first exposed to that, what were kind of your your initial thoughts, and what had initially led you to us? Because I know we went into detail in the product, which we can get to, but cash value exposure and then how did that how'd you find
1: us yeah Yes. Yeah, so for the first question um really just cash value exposure really through learning on my own so i mean when i first heard about it on a podcast again through real estate i really studied it on my own for a good six months to a year before i kind of reached out to people like yourself you know just really read books on it discovered nelson nash who that was um you know what he did and everything and uh so really try to understand what it was and, and why are people saying it's so good? Cause you hear about it. It's so bad. It's all fees, all commissions, no cash value to the 15th year. That's all you hear about. But then these real estate guys were saying, Hey, if you want to buy real estate, you need to have liquidity. You need to park your cash somewhere. Right. Um, so I went down that rabbit hole and really started investigating true IBC, true high cash value life insurance um, and how it's an asset on your balance sheet. And, and now Looking at five years later, um, my policies are really the best assets I have. Yeah. They're, they're really better than my properties because they're guaranteed to go up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you really investigate, really learn about it, it's really the best place to store your cash and liquidity, right? Um, best place to put it, safe, guaranteed. So that led me to exploring, okay, obviously I need to buy it from somebody. and to go find an agent from somebody. Um, and with your firm your company i really got lucky early on in terms of getting it structurally proper in has a high cash value life insurance um you know I, I, as you know there's people out there and uh, that i reached out to but they really did not educate me first and, and as you know that, that's the big part is it's really educating somebody the consumer on what this is and how to use it whereas i think i would go online to someone's website Put in my age, date of birth, male or female. And then, you know, an hour later, I get this big illustration. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means at all. Yeah. But when I found you, luckily, on um, maybe my third or fourth try, early on, lucky, I found your firm and we had just, you know, three or five calls yeah. about what it is before even going down the whole illustration route. So, that's where I liked, you know, obviously yourself and your firm on really the education route for, Hey, this is what it is. It's not magic. This is what it is. It's how it can help you and benefit you. But the whole educational piece on your side was, was great. So.
0: Gotcha. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate that. I remember going through just the details with you and you had a lot of good questions I could tell you it had kind of done your research your homework at the time this was a couple of years ago which is which is good I mean I'm the same way where I like to dig into any kind of product whether it's a financial product or even a car like I want to know about it where do they sell for in other states and other other dealerships um, but I remember going through that and a question I'll I'll still ask people today because you've got two sides of it in my, in my opinion you've got the whole idea of the banking concept which really teaches one how to call a bank on yourself use a policy as a financing tool once a dollar passes through a policy it's forever at work for you regardless if you let it sit and grow or pull it out and a lot of times people see that and you kind of got the wow moment oh I didn't know you could do all this with a a life insurance policy and you can do it with real estate and and a lot of other things too. But then where the question always comes up is okay like I I understand conceptually how this can work but tell me more about the cash value life insurance because I hear really really bad things out there eh, so-so things and then really really good things when you look at these big banks and corporations and the amount of money they put there. So I would if I can recall correctly, the majority of our conversation was really around conversations I should say more so the structure of the policy, how to design it for high cash value, flexibility, right where I always bring up that phrase hey I want the ability to hit X but I don't want to get a bill for X I want to commit to an amount where I never feel like it's a burden. So when we had first connected yeah I do recall going through the cash value policy more so than the concept and how to design that policy. So I guess when it comes to policy structure um, I know in your situation without going through details, one of the things that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that I think attracted you quite a bit was the flexibility, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I first uh, heard about this, um, I did not want my money locked up. You know, I think, I think qualified plans have their place for certain people, Mm -hmm. but um, after I discovered real estate and how, you know, illiquid it was, I didn't want to have money in real estate and in qualified plans, right? That's not not me. Um, So after I figured out, okay, whole life insurance is very liquid if you borrow against it properly. And then I figured out, hey, you know, if I put money into it today, it'd be great to have all that money, have access to it tomorrow in 30 days, right? So Mm -hmm. like you said, the flexibility and the company selection are very important to me. And we had numerous conversations about, hey, Steve, so is this is this really just like a high yield savings or checking account? Because if it is, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. In, in which it, which it is and still, which it was and still is, in terms of um, if you structure it properly with people like yourself, get the right companies where it's very flexible, where, yes, I, I have to pay a base of this premium. That's required base premium. But if I have enough uh, liquidity or cash flow, I can put in more up to this, and that flexibility is key for me because yeah. there's no, there's no guarantee I can put in this big amount next year. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know I can manage this small base requirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that flexibility w- was key for me yeah. gotcha. in, in terms of, it's almost like a savings account. I could just transfer money from my checking at a bank, true bank to this mutual life insurance company, mm-hmm. take ACH withdrawals or, or, or loans right on a dashboard on a, on a screen, mm-hmm. you know, these, these companies that we use, that I use, they're not um, as tech savvy as a regular bank, yeah. but but they're pretty close, right? They're pretty close. So to make a policy loan request online, um, to uh, to put in money online, ACH from a, from a checking account, that flexibility w- was key for me in terms of picking the agent and picking the, the, the company I was going to work with,
0: basically. So. Right, right. No, I, I recall that. And, and that was part of the discussion call it just the convenience factor when you look at different insurance carriers Right, right. who's more convenient and that I mean we could talk for hours just about policy flexibility alone yeah in respect to if I take a life insurance policy right if I want the ability to put in uh, to use around number $10,000 per year and I can set the base premium say as low as $1,000 I can set it higher but look at the numbers if I set it at $1,000 some companies will require, hey, if you want to max it out at $10,000, that is all in one shot. If, right. you want, if you want to add funds at leisure, you've got to go through underwriting. It's kind of a pain. It's not convenient at all. <laughs> right, right. Versus other carriers will say, okay, you can pay your minimum on your policy anniversary date when it is due. And then at your discretion you can go on your online portal and just pop funds into PUAs accelerating the cash value the long-term death benefit all that good stuff at your discretion without any underwriting. So and, and I remember going into details with some different carriers when we when we had first connected because that's important especially if right. you are me- to use it yeah and in, in especially the way you're using it frequently to say okay when I've got the money in there I don't want to be committed to this big bill give me the flexibility and that's really how I maximize I'll call it the cash value if I max fund and then the flexibility so I'm never tied to a bill maximize it first and then step two how do I use it right yeah, that that was key for me because like you said
1: um, I don't want to go through underwriting for a PUA I don't want to do that I want to put a money at leisure, just like a savings account, and that's where I, that's where I'm like some of your clients are different in terms of. I think a lot of people focus on the dividend rate, which yeah. is important, very, very important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's if it's 6.2 versus 5.4, yeah. at the end of the day, on a long-term asset, does it really matter? No. So, 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 myself, I did not get hung up on the dividend rate at all. Um, I went with the company and obviously agent team where I can be flexible with the policy, like I said, in terms of. Put the, put the requirement in every year and then put money in as, as I could with the, with the PUA. Flexibility is key just to make it just like a, a high yield savings account. And then obviously use that money because for me and probably for most of your clients, the, uh, the life insurance is probably one of my best assets on my balance sheet, but it's not an investment. It's right. not. For me, it's not. Um, so I want to put money in there, liquidity for savings, to you know, beat inflation obviously. Uh, to provide death benefit for my family, you know, when you have a wife and kid, you want a death benefit just in case stuff happens. But to really use that money to go buy investments, right? To really use that money to go buy a business, to go buy a piece of real estate or whatever it is, um, and, th- and that's what that's why I like it for to, to park money in places that it's safe, guaranteed. It's going to grow no matter what happens. Knock on wood, obviously, pretty pretty safe. And then go borrow against it, not sell it. Go borrow against it to go buy other assets. Yeah, which hopefully they should uh, beat that dividend rate, basically, yeah. or beat the beat the beat, beat the policy loan
0: rate as well. So correct, correct. Yeah, no, I mean you can do so much good with it, and it resonates so much with real estate because, and I'm sure you can speak to this. A lot of real estate investors will do exactly what you just mentioned with property only now you're shifting the liquidity over to a policy because of the guarantees goes nowhere but up and is extremely liquid. You don't got to go through underwriting and a bunch of questions to get a loan. You say, here's how much I want and it shows up via direct deposit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been
1: great. Uh, so, I mean, I've my oldest policy is probably five years old. So I'm getting into that really accumulating the cash in those policies. and. I, I think you, this probably sounds familiar too. When I first started, I was a little nervous. And like, yeah. I think my first policy that was like hundred bucks. Like, does this really work? You know, and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I have numerous policies just because I started slow. I wanted to yeah. learn everything. You know, mm-hmm. get a policy on me first, and get my second policy on me. Get some of my, my wife, some of my kids. Really try to build that legacy as well. So that's why, that's why it's a great tool. I think for just uh, storing cash, liquidity, building wealth you know, leaving a legacy for your beneficiaries, obviously. And obviously if you're, if you're using the the IBC method, the true IBC method, using that cash to, to go do other things, you know? So
0: uh, yeah, that flexibility is just key for me, obviously. Yeah. Fully agree. No, thanks for, for going into that. So one thing you mentioned that I actually want to go into a little bit, as far as the dividend rate, um, you know, when you first connected, well, when we first connected, I should say, how much, value or, or how much you know, value did you put on a company with the highest dividend rate prior to our conversation? Because that's often a huge selling point by insurance carriers. And a lot of times we'll show carriers that have the highest dividend or project the best rates, but we don't uh, move forward with them. Sometimes we do, we kind of show all the options to everyone. But prior to connecting versus what you know now, how much, if you can recall this, value did you put on, hey, should I go with that company because they've got the highest rate or is there more to it? Did you kind of have that stance or just think they're the highest, they're the best?
1: Yeah. No, before I really uh, talked with you guys and just do my own research, yeah. um, I was looking at rates a lot, dividend rates. And there's people out there that will try to do this using uh, you know universal life products, which quote unquote might have better returns, right? So before i talked with you i was looking at that as well like i'm gonna buy this universal life index product and get this return of eight percent or whatever and um i'm so glad i didn't obviously but uh yes i was looking at rates a lot because i was looking at it more as an investment for me in terms of you know i had this mutual fund i'm getting this rate so-called uh i'm gonna park my cash here and get universal life index and have its have it guaranteed and have a great return which they don't really go hand in hand together. Right. Right. Um, so it wasn't until I really, you know, read more, listened to more podcasts, talked to your team about, okay, I'm going to do strict, you know, traditional whole life insurance, which has a lower dividend. Correct. But, but after I really learned about, Hey, it's not an investment uh, for me, or it's not an investment by the IRS or by, you know, MEC test or whatever it's not invested, just cash. Mm-hmm. Um, then I really just, I didn't really care about the dividends. Obviously I wanted to beat inflation, which, it, it really will. It's tied to the interest rates, obviously. Um, but yeah, I was looking at universal life index first, and uh, just got us focused on rates. And, right. and it's really promoted, obviously, you know. So that's that's how it was a little bit uh, some time ago. So. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. No. Th- thanks for sharing that because that I feel like the life insurance market most people are geared towards that just because it's common uh, common thought or mentality to say, hey, which one has the best rate? Which one's going to give me the most money? And it's all tax-free. Yeah, but then at the same time, how I look at it is okay. Well, with a cash value life insurance policy, and this is where I get very technical on my background because uh, we would do this all the time before well, I was on the sales side and business owner side of things. Was aside from the dividend rate, aside from projections and illustration, throw all that out the window. What? companies and products have consistently delivered the strongest actual cash values strongest IRR just greatest growth on the cash value and death benefit to consumers and then once we get that down that's kind of my approach is to say okay teach everyone how to max it out first from a cash accumulation and flexibility standpoint because if you've got the best performing call it asset then whatever we do with it whether we just let it sit and accumulate or if we decide to use it to acquire real estate or whatever it might be we're going to have the most money to do so. So <laughs> let's set that up and attack it. But the actual performance is huge because I see this a lot. I you know, I see it with a company that I, I don't use at all because I can't. They're, they've got kind of a, a captive setup. Um, Northwestern Mutual, behemoth of a life insurance company has had a strong track record forever. Now with them, if you look at them today with their 5% dividend rate among the lowest in the industry, they do not project pretty values at all. And a lot of people go after them and say, oh, they stink. They're not what they used to be. I'm like, okay, even though we can't use them, if someone has a policy in force and it's set up right right with them, like they're going to perform. They always have based off of their actual data, not their projections. So that's kind of what we look at um, with, with all carriers, the ones we use, in, in addition to to Northwestern, if someone showed me a Northwestern policy, I'm gonna say keep it. But I'm, yeah, that, that's another note. No, that <laughs>
1: that education is key. It's it is it's not easy to learn all this stuff because it's it's not marketed. You know, yeah. like uh, I mean, whether you use a, a big company or a small company, I mean, you don't watch TV and see a, a commercial for. <laughs> this mutual insurance company maybe some obviously Northwestern you see them, but you don't see a lot of them out there on TV advertising where you'll see Fidelity all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the education process is huge. And then, you know, I spent so much time, Steve, looking at the whole direct versus non-direct product, which you can go down a rabbit hole and just, you know, look at numbers all day long and then, and then never make a decision. Right. Yeah. And obviously it's important, obviously, but, but now looking five years later, you know, um, it's really not that important because if you have direct recognition policies, like some of your companies go with, there's ways to still um, have that grow properly and everything. Or even in today's environment, you could take that uh, policy to a, to a bank or a yeah. lender and get the loans off the books, of the insurance company and, and have that dividend rate not be affected at all by policy loans if you wanted to. Yeah. So also if you learn about kind of after the fact, but um you spend so much time up front trying to learn that as a consumer. And if you're, if you're not with somebody, an agent who's really educating the person, if they're just throwing stuff in front of you and saying, buy this, buy that, it's easy to get caught up in all stuff. Cause there's so much to it. Um, but at the end of the day, you take a step back. Like it's really just a, a nice cash equivalent to park your cash and all those details, they matter, but not too much. Cause if you're just, if you're, if you're paying premiums on an annual basis, on a regular basis, it's a great way to save money, which is key. Yeah. Just like a 401k account, but it's guaranteed to grow and you can use that money no matter if you're 30 years old or 80 years old. There's really no restrictions. Yeah, so That's the big thing at heart to people is that, hey, if you, if you get policies younger and you get that death benefit in place and you just pump money in there as much as you can, it's still there to use wherever you want to do, cars, vacation, investments, whatever, college. Um, so obviously, read about it, learn about it. You know, let Steve's teams, you know, ha- like handle the details and everything, all the all the details. But just go buy it. Just go buy yeah. it,
0: right? Um, yeah, dollars to it. I hear you. Yeah, as far as starting, just you got to start somewhere, and, and it's always it, it's hard to do in the very beginning if we're brand new to it. I'm like that and my business coach has helped me. He's like, dude, I remember the first time I met with him. He's like, <laughs> had a half an hour call with him and at the end of the call, he's like, I know your problem. You got to make decisions faster, bro. And he's like, <laughs> "I'm like, all right. He's like, so here's an exercise. You and your wife, you got you to gotta be on board to do this. For the rest of this month, when a decision comes up, just say we're either going to do it or not. And I'm like, all right. I mean, in reality, I'm going to struggle with that. He goes, I know but you got to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but since then, and I try and apply that with every decision making process now, unless I need the the analytics and get enough information, if it's something I don't know about it, going to get the information as quickly as possible and then make an informed decision. But it does help with the decision making as far as, okay, does it work? Has it been successful in the past for others? If yes, all right, let's just do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, in these companies, no matter if you have a big company or small company, these companies have been around since 1890, 1895 yeah. on the whole life traditional product, obviously. Um, so if you stick to that, you can't go wrong. And as you know, you can have that analysis paralysis thing, just like in real estate, you might look at, you know, over hundred properties and you just can't buy one because it's not perfect. Um, <laughs> same with this, you know, you, you might look at every carrier, every agent. Or look at every dividend rate. You still might not buy the policy, or, or start, start underwriting. Um, which it's it's so weird, Steve, because you have that, which is it's a guaranteed product. There's people out there who will just pump money in the stock market and over 2,000 mutual funds. They have no idea what's in those mutual funds, right? Right. But well, this is a guaranteed product to grow. You really can't go wrong. It's just it's just not it's not that common. It's that's not the herd, right? It's not the herd. So people kind of shy away from it a little bit, so.
0: Correct, and I mean, it is called life insurance, which naturally, the instant you have that name life insurance, it's only normal for someone to think, all right, it's a life insurance policy. I pay a premium and the benefits like I die and when it gets paid out, I don't care about that. Maybe I'm a single guy or girl, like I'm not interested in it. Like, okay, that is true. It's the life insurance, that's the primary purpose of it, especially from the insurance carrier's perspective. But, but with that said when you really look at the cash value what you can do with it oh and by the way when you look at the, the uber wealthy big banks and corporations <laughs> what's interesting they pile all this money there they have a long-term goal with the death benefit but it's the cash value that's their driver uh, quick, quick side story yeah when COVID hit it wasn't COVID that caused this but the interest rate downturn things just started going down faster and faster um, and a, an executive at a bank actually shoots me a text that we work with He goes, we've got a big pile of money that we need to move ASAP because they knew what was going on. They have their relationships and such um, And guess where they put it? Cash value insurance. <laughs> yeah, bully right? <clears throat> bully or Coley. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Uh-huh. But and it shows uh, they just had a pile of cash they wanted to move over they said yeah we can put it on whatever executives are most efficient that will likely get more down the road but we want to start in the most efficient area and it was an asset in their balance sheet as a corporation the death benefit has a, an absolute value for them and their employees in the way they set it up but again the cash value that was their main driver and why they initially moved forward on that product Yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's, it's it's just a product that could be used for anything and yeah. um i think there's so much stuff out there on the ibc stuff which is which is good some good some bad but i think some people really harp on that you have to use it like you have to you have to put money in a policy today and pay all your pay all your debt to third parties tomorrow you gotta get rid of it right and i think there's two different schools of thought that are not it's not right or wrong right um but if you know if you have low interest rate 30-year mortgage debt on properties or whatever you know, keep that, keep that in place, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, just, and just pile up cash in your policy. No, to me, there's nothing wrong with just putting all, put a bunch of cash in a policy and let it grow and set there for, for a rainy day or for an opportunity. There's nothing wrong with that. Rather than, I think some perspective is you got to take all that money in your policy, take policy loans and, and pay out that third party debt as fast as you can. It's, it's just different schools of thought and there's, there's no right or, wrong way, right or wrong, wrong way to do it. It's just different yeah. schools of thought, you know.
0: I'm, I'm 100% with you because we work with individuals on in both boats, what you just mentioned, both sides. I want to get rid of my third party, the, the debt immediately versus some saying, okay, from a financial perspective, if I can lock in a mortgage at 275 or 3% and pile up money elsewhere. I can pay off the debt anytime I want but I like having that cash asset there instead. Like my big thing from a, a business perspective is hey just like you said there's no right or wrong I mean to, to take an approach and say this way is the way to go everything else stinks. It's like no people are going to run away from me if I do that. Um, show both and just show the pros and cons to everything just like if you could see it on Amazon exactly how it worked, right? If you could sell this in the same same manner Amazon sells everything else, it'd be so easy um, for, for us to buy it that is and make a decision. But you've got the education and then you've got Bias opinions and all that stuff out there. So it's like, okay. How do I get the information and make an informed decision so I can maximize my value?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I've, I've gone down both sides, Steve. I think I've talked to you about, yeah. hey, I'm going to pile up cash first and use banks. And I, I, had, I had a phenomenon. Now I'm going to take some policy loans and pay off some of these 30 year long interest rate debts. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I paid off one property in the spring that had a long 30 year mortgage on it at like 4%. And, and i and i felt good about it for like one day right then <laughs> wait now i have all the equity in a house yeah whereas for me do you want to have equity for me in houses or equity in policies mm-hmm. now i've i changed my mindset i want to have equity in policies yeah right that's why my equity is set and as long as it's you know for me good 30 or you know 20 or 30 year interest rate debt on an assets and if it's if it's credit cards or whatever, that's that's a different story. That's maybe get those out. But if it's long interest rate debt from a bank, I'm gonna let them fund it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stash up the money in my policies where it's safe and guaranteed. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think I think those two different perspectives are all over the internet. Obviously, not right. Now, but um, after after you start getting cash in your policies, it does make you sleep better that hey, I've also equity and a product and a policy that that I own. I'm a policy owner. I have really con- good control over it and that makes you feel a little better on that as opposed sure. to just paying off all this, you know, quote unquote, good debt. Yeah. Um, Stash money in the policy and go buy some more assets or, or go buy a business or whatever you need, yeah. you know, so.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's transition a little bit because that, that's a nice bridge in. Uh, so we talked a lot about cash value accumulation, building the policies up, but using it is, is key. I mean, you can do a lot if you use it properly. Now, Obviously, you've got your your company, right? That you run as a CPA, but on the side, I mean, you're you're big into real estate, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, just in the past six, seven years,
1: um, I try to develop some some just some true passive cash flow streams, um, and discover you know hard assets to to be a good solution for me. Yeah. Uh, just I, I just like did regular single family house to rent out to a to a good tenant, manage it properly. Um, and that's what I that's what I do mostly now is just you know try to store my liquidity in policies and then try to go buy some assets for some passive cash flow. You gotcha. know. Um, mm-hmm. so I like to use the policy on kind of the, the down payment side. Yep. You know, and you hear about that in terms, you know, if it's a hundred K property, go get a bank loan for eighty thousand. Use a use a policy loan for the other twenty thousand. Yep. And you know you're, for example, you're all in for none of your own money per se, yes. yeah. um, but I, I like that approach a lot where I'm, I'm using my policy loan for the down payment and then using the, the bank debt at a, at a good long interest rate, long amortization for the mm-hmm. other part of it, and hopefully using that cash flow, it spits off to pay back that policy loan. Yeah, very nice. I really like that approach just to, to help build some assets on, on your balance sheet and provide some some passive cash flow.
0: Gotcha. Very nice. So since you've been doing that, has it worked pretty well where you've been able to still accumulate real estate at a fast pace and service your policies? Because I know you've got <clears throat> a number of policies, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. On you and your family. And do you use all of them more or less because you're the owner. You've got control. Right. Of them. Okay. Yeah. 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 Most of them that is as a source to finance that real estate, but has that strategy worked well? So primarily you're using the policies to fund the down payment and then finance the rest through the lender.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And and
1: I've gone through all different mm-hmm. sorts of approaches Steve, in the past five years in terms of, you know, using the policy to, to, to buy a car yeah. to, to buy assets and I, I've done it all. And I, I've really come to a point where, um, since, I mean, the, the, the policy loan is, is debt. It is debt. You got to pay back. Now it's very, it's a very unstructured policy loan, which is great. You pay back whenever you want to, which is, mm-hmm. but it's still debt. It still decreases your net cash, your net cash and your balance sheet. Correct. Um, so now I've finally learned to myself that I, I like to use policy loans to, to buy assets that produce cash flow to pay it back. Yeah. I mean, I, I still used it to, to buy a car per se. Fun. Um, you know, yeah. but you know, it's, but also, you gotta look at, uh, you know, car loan rates are so cheap these days. It's like, yeah. it's uh, just go get a loan from a credit union or whatever. Um, but, but I like it to go buy assets that produce cash flow so I can pay back that policy loan. Gotcha. So that's kind of the, what I like to do.
0: Yeah, and that's the best move in, in my opinion if you're using it for that reason. But. It, yeah. Using it for fun too, like to finance a, a vehicle, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's got a place there and freedom and flexibility, pay it back how you want, when you want. But thanks for going into a, a little bit with the uh, the real estate there. Um, yeah, you know, People are always interested in those strategies to hear from people that are doing it. Yeah. And it can be, as you know, a, a business,
1: uh, you know, any anything, you know, any yeah. asset you want to buy. I just really look at it as, like I said before, they're probably the best assets I own, my policies. Yeah. But they're not investments. That makes sense. Like they're, they're assets, but not investments, right? 100%. Um, yeah. So I, I, could, and I could just build up policies and never use them. And that's a, that's, that's a great strategy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I want to I develop some passive income streams. So to go use the policy, borrow against, not withdraw it, borrow against it to go buy the assets, that's, that's key for me. And yeah. when, I, when I learned that process early on and that it still grows, whether you have a policy loan against it or not, that, that's the key.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, on that point, cause you mentioned that a, a couple times that this is your best asset. I remember in, in my earlier years, I was probably, um, I don't know, four, three or four years in the industry. Um, cause I got in in 2011, I started my own company in 2015. But prior to then, yeah, a couple different roles but really where I learned the ins and out was of policy design and historical performance was modeling policies for the big players. Corporations learning from called the 1% exactly what they do specifically with cash value insurance. And I'm a nerd. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but I remember a story. There's a, a construction company that I did not meet with the owner but I was privileged to help model the policies that they actually went with it was an executive benefit plan all their executives they had placed these policies on and the owner um, well his son owned it at this point in time but he still ran it he was older he had uh, he he disclosed his policies to us and we ran historical performance and analysis on them he had I, I think it was six policies plus he had a handful of them and he made a comment this is a guy that had policies that had been on the on the books for over 30 years he goes you know i've got stocks bonds other investments and aside from the ownership in my company my best performing asset has been my life insurance policies because now i make a payment and say it's a $12,000 payment i see a dividend come back and the cash value grow by 40 grand that year and it's just compounding he doesn't have to think about it regardless of the ups and downs in the market it just keeps on going up. And those are old school policies when he had actually issued when those were set up they were just 100% base premium or something like that because they were 30 years ago you know just a basic policy but 30 years old they're performing and when you look at them like okay wow they're set up with quality carriers you see the actual internal rates of return they're doing what they're supposed to. But, yeah. Yeah. It no, me I, I, mm-hmm. I,
1: I totally agree, Steve. I mean, just uh, especially after you build them up, after you get multiple policies, yep. um, yeah, like, they're hard to compare against other assets or, because they're not investments. Correct. But I mean, um, after you build them up, yeah, they're, they're the best assets in terms of they're guaranteed to grow I mean, compared yeah. to real estate. I don't worry about you know repairs or late tenants or late yeah. payments or whatever. Um. But I I think it's important if you can, if you can, if you can build up policies and build assets, whether it's a business or whether it's a real estate, just to have the two different types of assets is great. Um, Or, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with building up policies and just using it for your whole life. There's nothing wrong with that either. You know? Um, Yeah. It's just a great uh, asset to have. Uh, And for me now, I have multiple policies. I'm I'm kind of almost maxed out pretty much. on. I guess right. myself and my family, I, I mentally, I know that I, I need to go find more policies. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I need to go find more lives, right? That's what I need mm-hmm. to do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's harder now, but so mentally it's not that I'm done mentally. It's more of like, I need to go find more policies yeah. and that might be next year. or might not be for 10 years. It just depends. Right. It just
0: depends. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I got you, but you've got the right mindset there. So one last thing I, wa- I want to touch on um, and this has to do with your background as a CPA because so so frequently individuals we work with say hey I want to use my policy for real estate. I want to use my policy for my business to clear, clear some debt. I've got this unique situation. Can I do anything creative? And aside from the life insurance I want to find the best tax strategy. And they'll ask me that I'm like, well, I can't really help you um, <laughs> aside from sharing some of my experience and, and my work with individuals I work with. I can't help you because um, I'm not a CPA or a tax attorney. So the question they get is, okay, like my CPA doesn't really understand cash value life insurance. They just hear the word whole life and they say, don't put your money there. And I feel like I'm I'm fighting with them on that, that point alone. So I, I know we've referred a couple people to you. Um, yeah. But that is an area where you and I think your firm too can help a little bit as far as yeah consulting and helping people with any tax situation. But really the value there is you get it in terms of cash value life insurance what someone's trying to do as opposed to hey this is a whole life policy with a death benefit. It's like no no here's my cash value policy here are my goals what can I do in my overall situation from a tax standpoint. And how can this complement everything that's going on?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And um, the, the, the tax benefits of these policies are, are great. And um, yes, I'm a CPA. I'm not giving tax advice uh, on the podcast <laughs> right now, <just> disclaimer. <laughs> but uh, in terms of just um, having your CPA, your professional know about it is, is key. And, and unfortunately, I'm going to, I guess, make a you know comment on on my profession and, and what they, they don't right cuz yeah. I, I think having a tax compliance person and a tax long-term planner is different right your your basic tax compliance person is so focused on getting your current your taxable income low right, right? to pay current year taxes lower right they're not focusing on 10 20 years so they go after the 401k they go after the uh, the IRA or whatever right to get that current year deduction well, yeah. Unfortunately, whole life insurance—it's like it's a—it's a mega Roth IRA. Yeah. It's after-tax dollars going to the policy. So, but once it's in the policy, if you do it right, it's tax-free, tax-deferred forever. Right. Right. The only thing you have to worry about ever is is the estate tax. The income taxes—you um, should be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so many CPAs miss that point in terms of we're focused on you know, 1231, 2020 and that's it. We're not looking at five years down the road. Mm-hmm. But as a tax person, for me personally and our clients, I always say to myself, the old adage, you want to pay tax on the seed or the harvest, yeah. right? I'd rather pay the tax now in this low tax environment, after tax, and then put it into a place, if structured properly, we can defer the taxes forever, the increase. Mm-hmm. And that harvest at the end of the day, yeah. uh, in 20, 30 years, should not be taxable at all. Right. Yeah. Um, And I always tell people too that that you refer that I talk to about whole life insurance. If 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 I had a client that had whole life policies, it actually makes your job as a CPA a lot easier. Because if you borrow against it, like your top, you borrow against it, nothing goes on your return. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like when you go borrow for a house on a mortgage, you don't put that loan as income (laughs) because loans are not loans are not income. Right. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's debt. So, if you had a client with a bunch of policies, um, it actually makes your tax situation a lot easier. Yeah. They just, a lot of people just don't understand how it works. Now. They're, they're all freaked out. Where's it go? I'm like, well, if you take a loan, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take withdrawals and all that stuff, you got to look at your, your basis and cost base and all that stuff. But if you, if you do the IBC method properly, you put money in after tax, borrow against it. Yeah. The whole thing of buy assets, borrow, die, buy, borrow, die, right? Yeah it really doesn't go anywhere in 1040 personally, you know? So um, I think a lot of CPAs, unfortunately in my profession, they're just, they just don't think that way. If they think about the
0: current year and that's it and not looking Mm -hmm. at the long-term effect of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Laser focus in a certain area, which, yeah. I mean, everybody's got a niche in my opinion. Yeah. Now, yeah. Interesting that you you mentioned that. And I remember um, there's a group that, that I like a lot down in Florida that has to do with the cash value collateral loans kind of what you touched on. Yeah where you can take a policy to a lender and assign partially or fully your cash value to a lender to obtain a loan just like a line of credit. You could do it with a lot of banks that offer it typically at a very favorable interest rate. Um, In the group you had Uh, introduced me to I've talked to them several times I like them because they're big on yeah no thanks so much for the intro Um, I like them because they're big on convenience but what I really like is the creativity there where they've got attorneys on staff and such that if I own a policy personally how they'll actually set it up is if you are obtaining a loan from them and you're using your policy as collateral if it's for a legitimate business purpose they'll actually write the loan where it's a, a business loan now, all of a sudden, how I look at it, I can sit back and say, all right, well, I mean, that's sweet because your policy keeps doing exactly what it's doing, but now you've got this potential t- tax deduction here, too, on the loan from the leverage, it's like a win-win. Like, how can you go wrong yeah. with that?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, that's a question too, uh, you know, can I deduct the interest and all that stuff? And that's a that's a yeah. fine line I'm not gonna <laughs> get into too much, but as, as you know, I mean, you know, just just regular policy loan interest You cannot deduct, Correct. but if you, if you go and assign it to a third party bank or lender for a business, and if they actually send you at the end of the year, a true statement for your business, it's a business deduction, no problem at all. So yeah, I I get questions all the time. Like, you know, if you want to use policy loans and for a business, it's probably better to go to this third party, get a true business loan, assign the collateral and then to be safe from from a whole, you know, just uh, just be safe that way. You know, it's, clean. So, it, it's much. Cleaner, yeah.
0: Right. I, I mean, yeah, I, I've I've heard of individuals and they'll ask me all the time. Hey, can I deduct just the basic policy loan interest if I'm using it for a business? And, you know, my my thing there is because the IRS, I, I know just from life insurance history, they don't like that. I mean, life insurance loan interest is not deductible. But then you talk to some. Well, if you're using it for a pure business purpose then maybe you've got that. I'm like okay, that's great and all. Um, but I never ever want to receive those letters from the IRS that we all love getting in the mail. Um, I, I got one, it was an accident. Uh, I don't know how they messed up my social security number it's for, <laughs> for someone I had the same name as me. I'm like what is this? I don't own these mutual funds and such this huge tax bill. I'm like this is a mistake man. <laughs> but that was a letter. I'm glad it was a mistake, but um, I don't want to get those letters. And I feel like if you tread that water and it happens, now you've got to do all this extra work. It's going to cost you or the CPA you're working with to try and fix the problem as opposed to doing what you mentioned, third-party lender, keep it clean because it's all documented properly.
1: Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be careful with that and how you use it. And I think some people get caught in the details of if I can't deduct the interest, my policy loan is still good. I'm like, if you look at the big picture, it's still one of the best assets you can have, yeah. just my multiple thing. And you know, yeah. using policy loans or taking it to a third-party bank, a third-party person for collateral, that's all That's all good stuff that you cannot do with qualified plan. You can't take a qualified plan and go to a bank and yeah. get a loan oh. against so it. It's not going to happen. So nice. um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. But uh, yeah. so it's just like a nice Swiss army knife of a
0: tool to use for so many purposes. Um, yeah which works out great, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, no, fully agree. Well, I think we covered just about everything we wanted to cover there. Okay. Yeah. No, really appreciate your time. Um, again, well, let me just ask anything else that you wanted to touch on before I abruptly end and be a fool. Like I sometimes am. (laughs) No, uh, I, I say people need to
1: research it, learn about it. Um, don't have that stigma like myself where you hear a whole life and you just run away. I think, uh, if you learn about it and you get a policy structure properly, it's, 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 it's the best, it's the best place to store your cash. You need to have reserves. You have, you have operating cash account. Uh, I keep a lot of my liquidity in these policies, um, rather than a bank, you know, um, and I think getting started is the key, go through underwriting, get a policy, pay a premium, get it going. And, um, yeah i think down the road you'll be happy that you did so uh, i appreciate your team and what you've done and your your education is is key so that's key for the the clients obviously so thank you very much
0: appreciate it gotcha yeah no thank you so much appreciate that the kind words as well yeah well no thank you so much for your time if if anyone yeah, if anyone listening uh, wants to re- reach out to Mark or his firm, we've got your con- his contact info uh, in the description below. Yeah, whether it's for for basic tax advice and such as a CPA, and or talking about cash value life insurance and how to use that. Because side note, you're, you're life insurance licensed as well, right?
1: Yeah, you are. I'm a, I'm a little odd. I'm a little odd fellow, Steve, as you know. So, uh, <laughs> I do. yeah, I like to I like to go run ten miles when I can and. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm a CPA, and um, yeah, you know, I, I really like how to you know to learn what you know and to learn yeah. more about it. So uh, I, I have my, my real estate license in Ohio yeah. as well to go buy some real estate with so my wife, and uh, uh, but I got my life insurance license just to keep learning. Correct. And not not really using it per se I'm a full time CPA, but just yeah. to you know if I come across somebody and I can talk a lot about it. Legally uh, too. you know yeah, yeah legally that's the thing. and um you know maybe have it later on in life too to do other stuff you yeah. know um mm-hmm. it's funny as you know they don't talk too much about you know high high cash value ibc obviously <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, which they should um but it's it's good to have i think it's good to connect different people and uh yeah maybe mm-hmm. down the road i can use it more and everything but yeah, yeah. i got it uh, a couple years ago so
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, I I recall that. And it gives you a nice edge too as a CPA where you can actually legally discuss the life insurance product without having to, yeah, worry about saying anything that we're not supposed to. Yeah, um, yeah, Yeah, you got it, you got it. (laughs) Right on. Well, thanks again. Really, really appreciate your time, Mark, and um, I appreciate everyone listening, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Great, thanks, Steve. See you. All right, thanks, Mark.